This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. It is such a great honor to be sitting down with my next guest. She is truly a pioneer, a visionary of our times. She is a five-time Tony Award-winning director and choreographer, most known for Crazy For You, Contact, The Scottsboro Boys, and The Producers. Her work has been honored with Olivier Drama Desk, Outer Critics Circle, Lucille Lortel, and a record six Astaire Awards. She directed and choreographed the producer's winner of a record making 12 Tony Awards, including Best Direction and Best Choreography. She co-created, directed, and choreographed the Tony Award-winning musical Contact uh, for Lincoln Center, which was honored with a 2003 Emmy Award for Live from Lincoln Center, and directed and choreographed the critically acclaimed musical Scottsboro Boys on Broadway and in the West End, where it was honored with the Evening Standard Award for Best Musical. She most recently directed, although maybe it's not even recent because, you know, she moves fast. But last time I heard, she most recently directed and choreographed the new Broadway musical, New York, New York. And she directed the Broadway play POTUS or Behind Every Great Dumbass are seven women trying to keep him alive. She is the recipient of the George Abbott Award for Lifetime Achievement in the American Theater and an inductee of the Theater Hall of Fame in New York City. And I really could not be more thrilled to to say that she is here with me, taking some time out on Stop Time. Everybody, this is Susan Stroman. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. I am so honored to be here. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you. Absolutely. I have so much to to ask you, and I'm just so interested in checking in with you and where you're at in your trajectory, where you're at today, where you're at in your life. You know, I've spent I spent the afternoon just reveling in your work, in your work, just just watching. I mean, I know your work, but you know. Oh, thank you. Thank I love your website. By the way, it's pretty new, uh, yes. right? Yes, created during the pandemic. There you go. It's I, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I'm not on social media, but I thought I should at least have a presence. So uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I connected with a wonderful fellow named Tony Howell, and he helped me put that website together. And it's uh, he's he did a beautiful job, and it makes me very happy that it's there. And people, young people, connect to it, you know, who uh, are thinking of being a director and choreographer. So I love that they go on that site and and read some of the history. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a real treasure trove. I mean, I I could have you know. <laughs> wild away more hours doing it to to be honest and I will go back I mean you spent what I love and I wanted to ask you I'm like is there a book on the horizon because those little things that where you are adding are wonderful well thank you yes I think there is a book on the horizon and I thought this would be a good way to start it if I wrote a little essay about each show and so I have you know two essays I have the one for the website and then the one for the book that's a bit juicier but yeah. you know so absolutely there's something uh, on the way oh absolutely I, yeah i mean th- there's got to be it's so exciting <laughs> and it, it's funny i'm i'm going to jump in just for a second and i heard you say i should have a website talk to me about why i mean i know what you mean but i'd love to hear why it was important for you to have a presence well i uh it seems that if people want to find you now they will only find you on social media and mm. i but I just didn't want to be on Instagram or Facebook, but yeah. I thought if I at least um, had a presence uh, th- through the website, then people could connect and find uh, my agent or my lawyer or something like that. And because um, I I wanted to make sure that um, that people understood who I was and where I was coming from and what the history of all the things I have done. Uh, but it will be right there to read rather than having to find it in some book, various books, it would be all right there for them. And it's worked out, especially for students. And I think it was in the end, um, a very good thing to do during the pandemic. Yeah. What a project, right? It's it's quite an undertaking. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. So I, you know, I get the impression that you don't like to slow down very much. Is that a true statement? (laughs) 
Well, I, I listen, I love what I do. I, and I, I feel quite lucky that I get to do what I love, but I love telling stories. I love working with actors. I love collaborating with uh, composers and lyricists and writers. And, you know, I, where we're speaking now is in my office. And I would have to say that every week, you know, two or three sets of writers come through here that we're constantly working on stories together. Uh, so it is very much a part of me and I, and I do love it. And I've always loved it uh, ever since I was a little girl loved telling stories. And so, uh, yeah, slowing down. I, 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 that I do not slow down. <laughs> I do not. I just keep going. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's such a part of me that if I finish one project, I want to start something else the next day. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I thrive on it. Yeah. I love it. So where do I begin? What, what do people not ask you? Like you talk to a lot of people, right? And there's so much material. It's really interesting because in, in, on my show, I I'm really interested in the human, right? But when I come to you and part of it's my bias because I'm a dancer. So, so I'm, you know, I'm going to be going, Oh God, I want to ask. I just want to go there. I want to get in it with her, which, which I may uh, allow myself to do. But, but on the other hand, I'm just curious to like, what's something that, that, that you get asked all the time and what's something that you kind of wish someone might actually take interest in? Well, I think, um, I, I believe people don't really know how, how it happens, how shows come to be. And mm. um, for me, it, it comes in various forms. Either someone could hand you a, a screenplay that they want to make into a musical or a novel that they want to make into a musical, or, or you want to collaborate with a particular group of people that you just sit there and toss ideas back and forth until you come up with something. And so the way things come to be is very different than, um, you know, normal situation. And the thing is, you you work on these shows sometimes <clears throat> five years, 10 years before, you know, for free before yeah. they ever come to fruition, you know. So this is something you just do because you love it. Kind of like a potter, you just keep going and then hope somebody buys your wares at the end of it. Yeah. But we we it takes a long time to create the, some of these shows and um and and now it it seems to take longer just because of the plight of the business. Mm. But um uh, another way, for example, uh, the show Contact up at Lincoln Center that ran for about three and a half years up there. I happened to be in a club at one in the morning down on Hudson and Hubert and uh, everybody, every good New Yorker was wearing black and then in walked a girl in a yellow dress. And I watched her step forward when she wanted to dance with a man and then retreat back when she was done with him. And uh, it happened all night and I got obsessed watching her and I thought, well, she's going to change some man's life tonight. And then about two weeks later, uh, Andre Bishop at Lincoln Center called me and asked to meet with me. And he said, if you have an idea, we will help you develop it. And it was very much in my head about that vision I had seen. So I called my good friend, John Weidman, and uh, we started to talk about what that story might be about this girl in the yellow dress. And I took it back up to Andre Bishop and and contact was born, you know, so yeah. So that really just came out of a vision of yeah. imagining what what this girl's life was like. And timing, right? It I mean, timing and timing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, whereas someone like Mel Brooks brought a screenplay of his mm. wonderful award winning producer's screenplay. And, um, you know, uh, everything is is a little different about how how it comes to be, you know. Yeah. It, and it's really interesting with you. And this, my sense is, you know, there was a quote that I came up across in, in our research where you said, um, I quote, you said, it's interesting how one's career is like a line of stepping stones over a raging creek. Each stone is another experience that just makes you stronger for 
for when you reach the next stone, right? Yes. And it stood out to me because from an outsider's point of view, it seems like, and I'm guessing this probably isn't true because you lived it, but it seems like, you know, you got your shot maybe somewhere, right? It, you can sort of discover that. And, and I love your timeline too, which is really fun to look at. And then it just kind of kept going stone to stone to stone. But I'm really curious about like what was on the riverbanks that's, that maybe, you know, you follow the path, but there's also, you know, the riverbank. Are you the river? Are you the, are you, you talk to me? <laughs> well, I think it's, it's true that no matter what, what, what you have, what show you've, you've created, whether that show was a financial success or not, I, I always feel that the show is an artistic success for you personally. And you you take that that show, whatever the next one is, whatever that next stone is, there's something you have learned from that show that you can apply to the next one. And you keep applying it and applying it as you go on. Things that work, things that didn't. Um, and... Uh, you know, I I I grew up in in Delaware, but I was very lucky that my I had a I grew up in a house filled with music. My father was a wonderful piano player, and uh, and he also told big fish stories. You know, I to this day I do not know if they are true, but uh, so I had that combination of storytelling and music and constant music in the house. So it was very much part of me, that kind of celebration of music and celebration of storytelling. So uh, it seemed quite natural that this would be where I was starting on the bank of the river. <laughs> and then now I'm going to step on this first stone and see if this works and see if I can make it and keep going and keep balancing on these stones. And, uh, but I, you know, I always take that what happened as a child, uh, you know, that kind of music inside of me and, um, you know, I still apply it, you know, I know when, when Woody Allen came to me about doing bullets over Broadway and wanted to use a score that took place in the twenties, I knew every song he could possibly mm. talk about because of my father. Because I grew up with knowing all those songs. I would be great on Name That Tune, you know. <laughs> and, uh, so it, it's interesting how that childhood has now um, just kept coming along with me with every every single show. Yeah, it really is. Do you believe in destiny? Like, do you think you were destined to be born to do what you're doing? Well, uh, in a way, destined and and again, I have to say lucky. Because I do love it, and and I know how fortunate I am. I do know how fortunate I am to love what I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but yes, I think uh, the, the other thing I have to say is that when I was a kid, I would visualize music, and I still do to this day. No matter what what's playing, whether it's it could be rock and roll, it could be an old standard, it could be classical, it could be Gershwin, it could be whatever. But I imagine people's dancing costumes everything in my mm. head so i have i visualize music and always have and uh so i think had i not gone into the theater i probably just would have gone crazy or something but that's <laughs> when i i do hear music and i do imagine these setups and these scenes yeah whether they ultimately end up for anything or not but the, it is there do you, I'm, I'm curious because there's different people have different processes. And I know that like some people are like to be very, like they can see it all and they put it all together and then they get in the rehearsal studio and then they just get it out. Right. In, in what much, what time it takes, but they, it's pretty clear what they want, you know, with some changes obviously along the way, or, or are you more of a sort of, you, you kind of have an inherent innate knowing maybe an essence or a or a phrase or just a something that maybe you can't put into words yet but a knowing let's call it and enough maybe and again I say a phrase because often I know in dance sometimes we can just you get you kind of get the the uh, tone right you kind of know where you're going and what you're trying to say and then do you are you more of that person and then go in and then you really work in the collaboration and then open out so that you can then grow it with your people or how do you work there? Now I do, I have to say before I go into a rehearsal room with, with actors, 
Uh, I do a lot of research on the time period, geographical area, everything, the composer, whatever. I do a lot of research and that helps to inform me of, of what's to be, what kind of choreography, what kind of blocking. And um, also research on the particular characters because characters dance and move differently altogether. Max Bialystok dances very differently from Leo Bloom. So all of that is, is brought to mind. But what I do is I, I really work a lot of it out before I go into rehearsal. But then I am inspired by actors and I uh, allow them to be very much a part of the creation. Um, and it's almost by doing so much prep for it, you build a net, if you will. So uh, you could everybody can fall into it if they want. I and it's it's allowing the actors to create and feel spontaneous, but also protecting them at the same time. So it's it is a lot of homework, but then there's a lot of freedom when I get into the studio. Yeah, and do you, do you think that's changed as you went along? Because you know, as a sort of as a young artist, right, as a young director choreographer. I'm guessing, you know, there's a there's a there's there's a different stake, right, at hand. There's a burden of proof. Um, there's, you know, you don't have the body of work that, right. So, was your process different then? I'm just curious. Was it any different? No, I think I always um, had a feel for collaboration about what it takes. I mean, there's no art form like the musical theater where it's a true collaboration with your designers, with your actors, with um, your composers, and and I was very lucky to my very first professional job was with Candor Neb, and um, they really understand about collaboration. And they, you know, just being around them was a, a great learning experience. And ultimately, you know, they became very good friends. And uh, the very first thing I did with them was at the Vineyard Theater. Um, I choreographed a version of Floor of the Red Menace for the Vineyard. And then, uh, and then was part of creating and the world goes round the off Broadway show. Then went on to create Steel Pier and, um, and then ultimately the Scottsboro Boys and then, and then the, the most recently New York, New York. So that, that's a good example of wanting just to, uh, create with someone. Now, what could we do? You know, when, when we were working on the Scottsboro Boys, it was mainly to, um, be in a room together. That's how it started. But then it, the idea came up of what if we did a true story? Something was based in reality. Cause a lot of times in the musical theater, you're in a more fantastical world. And, uh, we did a lot of research on the American trials. And of course, the Scottsboro boys was, was one of the most famous. So, uh, so that, that's how that show came to be really. And, um, but, I, I always feel I had a knack for collaboration. And, but then of course I was really taught by Candor uh, Neb. And, and the other thing, I, of course I started as a choreographer, but I, I, the directors that I worked with were Mike Ockrent and Trevor Nunn and Nick Heitner and Hal Prince. So, you know, I was very luckily lucky that those were the directors and, and learn a great deal from them. You know, yeah. by the time I was working with them, they were famous pros and, yeah. uh, you know, learned a great deal. So that, that um, by the time I crossed over to wear both hats, you know, I felt like I had a great education. From mm -hmm. those yeah. You have a degree in English too, don't you? I do have a degree in English. Yes, a very good. Yes, I know from the University of Delaware. Absolutely. Uh, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So so did you did you was that important to you to have a degree before you went to New York or Well, yes, it was. It was important yeah. to finish school. I went to, I loved school and uh, you know and I loved um the English department too. I loved mm. the literature. You know, I loved of course once more storytelling, you know. So uh, learning all about the classics and, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, it's, you know, an English major can do a lot, a lot of things, you know, to carry a satellite off of that to, to many, many different, um, careers. But of course I was able to apply it to, uh, the theater. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think that's a wonderful basis, isn't it? To, it is. It absolutely know, it's really rich. I'm curious to know, and I'm sure everybody is, you know, when we hear these stories, um, they sound, I guess I want, I want to know where the gap, and, you know, if you want to call it a gap, maybe where the stones were wider apart, <laughs> maybe <laughs> where you knew you were standing on the edge of the river, you know, like, so, so I'm imagining you at, at, school at at university let's go back even a little bit further like where where did you transition into kind of knowing that you were going to follow this and eventually maybe go to new york was there kind of an aha moment did you you know did you do shows in your driveway when you were a kid you know i did (laughs) i totally did (laughs) i'm just curious like can can you remember the earliest moment of kind of you know the the stirring of you know yeah i i want to do this i want to create stuff well, I, I did a lot of uh, community theater in Delaware and then the, the Philadelphia area. So um, then that my, you know, teenage years and my college years, I was always doing shows. Um, and then uh, while it's kind of like in my last year of college towards the end there, there were uh, I had a friend that wanted to go to New York and audition for the Goodspeed Opera House. Mm. So, and they said, why don't you come along? And so I went up and I auditioned for the Goodspeed Opera House. I wasn't even quite sure what I was doing because it was, you know, it was just so professional. There were like 400 dancers in the room, but they ended up picking two non-equity people. And I was one of them. And all of a sudden I, you know, had to go back home and, uh, you know, tell my mother and father, I had something called an equity card and I had had to sell my car and move to New York, you know, but, um, but, and that was it, you know, I, I, from, from there, um, you know, I, I never stopped really, but I have to say, I always wanted, even though I came to New York as a song and dance gal, it was really, I always wanted to create. So, but I knew I couldn't just come to New York and say, I'm going to direct and I'm going to choreograph, you know, I could never do that, but, but I was able to make a, a living singing and dancing, but it was always to crossover, always. And um, and and it was that um, taking that chance. I was doing a, a Broadway show that lasted a week on Broadway called Musical Chairs. Mm. And I was with Scott Ellis and we were outside lamenting about it, that he wanted <laughs> to be a director. And, you know, we both wanted to be on the other side of the table. And Scott had done The Rink with Candor Neb and I had done Chicago with Candor Neb and we thought, what if we knocked on their door and, and said, can we take Florida Red Menace off Broadway and do a new version in the form of the WPA theater? And, uh, and you know, I, I tell young people, too, today that, you know, you should always ask the question because the worst thing that happened is someone says no. And we went and knocked on Candor Neb's door thinking they were going to say no. But in fact, they said yes. Wow. And. Um, you know, we went down to the Vineyard Theater and we said, can we do this here? And they they gave us the time and and the space. And um, we did it. Um, I think we made, you know, two hundred dollars for the whole summer. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but Scott Ellis and I never went back on stage again. That was it. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's really, really interesting. Do you do you still believe that today? Do you think that the that it's I mean, is that a limiting belief? I know that that is a, a, it's understood when we're in, when we're, you know, coming up to the theater that usually if you want to go there, you, you go through the show, you become an assistant and, and there's kind of a, you know, a protocol of doing that. Do you still believe that that's the case? Like if someone came to you and said, with no experience and said, you know, I'm really interested in, in directing and choreographing. Well, I don't know. Talk to me about, do you, do you still think that? No, it's, you know, the thing is, yeah, you can't wait for the phone to ring. You have to go out and create it yourself. And yeah. and that is indeed what I did mm-hmm. uh, to create it yourself. Yeah. Uh, and and if you believe that you can create, then you, you need to go make it happen. Yeah. And and um and the other thing for today too, it's it's uh like our good friend Lynn Manuel says, you need to be in the room where it happens. So if there is an opportunity for you to be in the room to observe, mm-hmm. then you should do it. I know that my union has a wonderful um, observership where where young yeah. people go and get to follow directors around and choreographers around, and a lot of them have have gone on to greatness. Mm-hmm. So 
um, to really listen. It's a miracle a musical gets up. It is a miracle. Yeah, and all the different departments and the finances that go with it, and then your storytelling and um, so having a young person be able to witness that because mm-hmm. I think I, I think they if they've grown up just doing you know the, the occasional revival in their high school, yeah. they'll see what it takes to put on a new show. Yeah, no, for sure. What's your favorite part? I mean, I, I can understand how once the show is moving forward and it's been greenlighted and stuff and it's happening, that there's that whole thing. Um, but what? talk to me about the creative thing before that. Like when you don't know, and maybe you haven't had this in a while, but do you remember a time when when you had an idea? I guess the Candor and Ebb one, the, the, right, the, the restaging of that was one. Did you ever have an idea that came to you much like the contact, the girl in the yellow dress, but that you didn't really have anywhere to put it? You know what I mean? Is or, or maybe there's still some in you. Maybe maybe some of these things have come to you, and you're thinking, "Ooh, that's oh, something." Well, sure, all the time. I I had two writers here today where we're creating a piece, and it's finding the space to put it in. And but you know, you go through a long process because once you create it here in in the office or with each other, then you have to get a reading together yep. to hear read which when then it changes again because you've heard it read by actors yep and then you could do a workshop to put it up on his feet and then try to then you have to try to get investors and people interested in producers and it is a long process and then Mm -hmm. you know there's not that many theaters uh in new york there's only a handful that that uh you know you have to make sure that you're doing something that that particular theater owner would take to which yeah. is different from off Broadway and Broadway, and um, uh, you know the there are, there are theaters here that take chances, but it's only a handful that take chances. Yeah, what would you say is your favorite? I mean, you do such a diversity of things, um, and I can see you. I mean, I can see your signature through all of it for sure. But I'm just curious to know is it is it the diversity of what you do that you like, or would you focus more on one area? What is it that thrills you about? excites you about doing stuff. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's doing different, you know, in the, in the end, it is about whatever that story is that, that interests me, but, you know, um, to be able to do something about that, you know, the main focus is ballet or the main, main focus is tap or jazz or, or whatever, you know, to, to make it, uh, you know, it's, it always is to service the story, you know, yep. um, I have a show with Lynn Aarons and Stephen Flaherty called Little Dancer, and it's based on Degas' Little Dancer at 14, mm-hmm. that famous sculpture. Mm. So within that, we do, you know, classical ballet yep. and, uh, you know, good old musical theater dance. And um, But it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a theater piece, but, but within that, it has the ballet, whereas something like, you know, Bullets Over Broadway has tap dancing and, you know, uh, very rhythmic and um, mm-hmm. 20s dancing. And again, it always, it you know, it, it really, where the show takes place or the story takes place, you know, the yeah. contact was swing dancing because it was always about, always about making contact. Mm-hmm. And the ultimate dance for that is swing dancing. And, um, you know, even something like, the Oklahoma I did with Trevor Nunn, uh, you know, it, it, the dancing was uh, based on fighting for territory. Uh, so the da- the dancing was very fight oriented. The women were pioneer women and uh, with mud on their skirts, which very different from the original. And mm-hmm. and I loved it. And um, so it it's uh, I just love that I can. Listen, there's nothing greater to me than being in the back of a theater and seeing how a show that you've created affects an audience, whether it's something like Crazy Few, where you you can see them put their arms around each other, or something like the producers, where they're laughing hysterically, you know, or something like the Scottsboro Boys, which hits them hard into conversation. Um, You know, or it's, it's just how the different you know, stories that I get to tell are diverse, but um, so I never, I never go out seeking for that same kind of story. I always want a different, different kind of story all the time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm curious to know if, I mean, crazy for you is just so powerfully strong. And I'm in, I mean, 
all of it, right? Just your choreography is just so brilliant, but it's not all of who you are. And yet it really does capture a lot of who you are, right? Like really a lot. And, and I, but I am curious though, because, you know, the, the sort of non-aficionado might look at it and go, okay, she's the tap dancing one. She's the, um, right. Did you ever get pigeonholed into that? Cause you're so not just the tap dancing one. <laughs> uh, well, I think probably at the beginning of crazy few yeah. really was a huge, you know, hit that came on strong here. And I think probably it had a lot of tap dancing in it, but it had a lot of humor in it too. Yes, and I true. think that's, you know, um, very much a part of me and, and how did that happen? Not only in scene work, but in choreography and in music. And uh, so I think perhaps at the beginning, yes, um, I think people did think that, but then, you know, I would be able to go on for two other pieces and, and create other, other types of, of work. And, oh yeah, um, you know, recently, uh, you know, I, I did the wonderful Coleman Domingo play dot down at the vineyard and, that was a very humorous, humorous play, but it was also uh, very serious about Alzheimer's and mm. uh, explaining to the audience what that is about, but doing it uh, with a very humorous family that lived in Philadelphia and how they're able to cope with it. And I, I loved Coleman's play and I love being able to, you know, be able to um, be very much a part of that. Whereas something like POTUS, which I did on Broadway last year or, mm. or two years ago, it was a play by Selena Fillinger that has seven women, all very funny women. But it is about, uh, you know, what happens when someone in power, some man in power, uh, gets out of hand and does something wrong. And then if you are a woman underneath of him, you think, am I going to save him or am I going to? Mm. What am I going to do? Am I going to be complacent and just get through this? Or, and uh, so it it really hit home and and uh, as as something that was very very relevant, you know, uh, for now. So, you know that that one was very political. Um, you know, it's 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 I'm again feel very quite lucky to tell all these different types of stories. Yeah. No. Absolutely. How do you how do you recharge? <laughs> well, a recharge. Let's see. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I spend a lot of time in museums, you know, and mm-hmm. they are very inspiring, you know, you know, all of them. I mean, we're very lucky to live in a city yeah. that um, is filled with the best, but, but I, and I do travel. I love to travel. And when I travel, I go to those museums and see the best art in the world that I can see, mm. um, you know, and I do read, I love reading novels you know, stories. And mm-hmm. um, so that, that recharges me because it inspires me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting to me. So on a day, on a daily basis, like when you wake up in the morning, yeah. do you have, are you kind of a routine oriented person or does it depend on what the day is going to be? Oh, it depends on what the day is going to be. Cause I, I, I do use every ounce of the day. So yeah. sometimes uh, it is having breakfast with somebody or a collaborator before mm. I go to auditions or rehearsal or meeting. Yeah. And then I do go out, you know, I go out every night to see a show of some type of show. Wow. You know, whether, or it could be the ballet, it could be the opera, it could be, you know, yeah. there's no, yeah, yeah. there's no lack of things to, no. to, to do. Or see. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, I get this feeling. It's funny because you're so open and generous and um, brilliant. No, but it's but it's interesting because because I'm getting the sense that you, I mean you're you have a very very full and colorful and wonderful diverse life, um and career and I'm I, I you know I'm really interested in space right just just okay we'll talk choreography just like in choreography right if you fill everything with steps and don't have any right any stop time <laughs> or 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 you know sort of any any um dynamics um then then it makes everything feel like this and if and and even though you're saying to me no every day is filled is filled is filled where where's the nuance for you i know it's there i'm not i'm not implying that it's not there but but like are there moments where you step outside of yourself and you go this is me is there i'm just so curious to know like when you're not i don't want to say busy because it's not really busy i mean it is busy but you know what i'm saying right because they're all things you're choosing to do well you know i i um you know i like 
you know, if you were asking me what, you know, besides going to museums and, 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 um, conversation with friends, conversation with collaborators, you know, I love conversation. Mm. I love having dinners with people and, and just talking, you know, I love, yeah. I love that art of conversation. I love mm. it. And, and to do it with different types of people. I love yeah. it. And then, you know, to be in New York city, to have at your fingertips, the, you know, central park, all the wonderful things and beauty of central park. And then, and then yeah. it's sort of, you know, all these new places that have popped up, you know, yeah, like yes. Hudson Yards and, you know, like, like the most beautiful memorial in the world at the World Trade Center, you know, the, the, you know, the seaport, the, you know, I mean, every, everything, there's every, so many beautiful places in New York City. Yes, indeed. And that, that um, fills me too. You know, yeah. New, I really use New York City. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so much has shifted in our world in these past three years, right? Yes. Uh, I'm just curious to know what has shifted for you or what maybe any anything that you've that you've learned about yourself during this time of, of massive change, right? Yes, well, I think it's all good though to be quite honest. Yeah. And, you know, and uh you know, just trying to be a part of stepping aside at sometimes and letting people go forward and being a part of reaching out where you might not have reached out before and, and um, working with people that you haven't worked with before, working with brand new teams and brand new associates and brand new assistants. And, um, and all, all that is good. All that is wonderful. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very strong in my union at the, 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 Directors and choreographers union, so very much a part of change in that, yeah. and and being a leader in in that change. Um, so I think it's all fantastic, to be quite honest. And um, you know, and the thing is, the the material that we we get to now relish in the different mm. uh, plays, the different musicals, the different actors. You know, it's it's all great. Everything about it. Very is exciting. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Did you learn anything about yourself? I know you had COVID, right? You got COVID. Like, oh my God. I'm so yeah, sorry. We we uh, we shut down on March 12th, and then I got COVID very bad on March 15th. Oh man. Yes, it was it was very bad, and um, and it was scary because you know I wasn't vaccinated certainly, oh. and, and uh, no one really knew what was going on, no. and you know, and New York really got hit. You know, like. We 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 live in extremes here in New York City. We, you know, we really got hit, so it was very scary. Um, but uh, but I got through it, and and in fact, it was I was on the phone with a doctor saying, "Let's try not to get like not keep, to keep you out of the hospital." Because mm. a lot of the times, if you went in, you didn't come back out. You know, I so, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it all it all worked out in the end, but it was a, a scary time, the, the beginning of that pandemic. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I will say though, I couldn't boil an egg before the pandemic, and I learned how to cook during the pandemic. Um, you know, out of necessity. But then I thought, oh, well, you know, well, this is going to be very artful. I'm turning this into an art piece. You know, absolutely. So I would would uh, every night do something different, and and you know, readdress yeah. and you know, see what I could do. Um, but you know, that the, besides the website, the uh, cooking happened during the pandemic, which was a good. Thing. That's yeah. cool. Is it yeah, continuing? Do you still? I know. Once New York opened up, forget about it. Yeah. Now you don't have time to eat. So <laughs> now, yeah, now restaurants and ordering, you know, ordering in. You're so funny. So you, ha you have so many strengths. What would you say is, is your Achilles heel? Oh my gosh. Uh, never having enough time thinking, you know, I don't know, just, uh, yeah, well, I feel I want to do so much all the time. And I think, um, I get, I get depressed if I run out of time or, or can't accomplish something in that amount of time, you know? Mm. So I think that, that it's a silly thing to have, but I, but it does, uh, I just think the days get, I just wish there were more hours in the day for me. Mm. Yeah. If there were, what would you add more or would you just have more time to do the things that you're doing? Yeah. I'd more time to do the things I'm doing. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. What would you um 
would you say is your definition if or do you have one of living in the moment? Oh, definitely being present. I mean, uh, you know, I think as a director too, you have to be very present in, in, um, dealing with your actors and, and, you know, listen, some actors are, you know, very quick to pick things up. Some are not, Mm. you have to recognize right away, uh, what everyone's process is and being present for them and being there for them. So I feel like I, I really make a conscious choice to be present in everything and and listening, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing for a director, really listening to people is important. Uh, but that goes back to that, you know, dinners with lots of people talking and chatting and conversation is very much a part of listening. But yeah, being present is is really, really important. And being there for people is very important. What was the what would you say is the hardest thing you've ever done? Oh, the hardest well, the hardest thing, the hardest show that I ever did was a show called Thou Shalt Not that uh I created uh with David Thompson and Harry Connick and but we were in tech and uh, the towers fell and mm. it was a very difficult time, you know, the stagehands wanted to go down to the uh, World Trade Center and um, people were very afraid that it was, wasn't was going to stop and yeah. it was just a terrible time and to try to rally people together, to try to rally actors, to try to rally mm. uh, crew um, to keep going was the hardest thing I've ever gone through and the show itself uh, was not a jolly show, you know, it didn't have any redeeming characters. So to do a dark story um, about murder and corruption yeah. during that time uh, was, was very difficult. It ended up, it was on a limited run because it was uh, under Lincoln Center's umbrella and it ran its limited run. But, um, but it was a very, very hard time for all of us. And because uh, so much sadness, yeah, uh, very, so much sadness, you know, and New York City at that time, usually when you're grieving, you know, you can go to someone to help you with it. But everyone was grieving. Yeah. Everyone in New York was grieving. So there was it was a relentless feeling of grief. Um, so to, you know, put on a show, it was very hard. But, you know, we had to remember that you know, what had happened that day, they wanted to break our spirit. They really wanted to break our spirit and take us down and, and uh, to keep going of whatever you do or whatever your passion is to keep going, you know, is to spit in their eye, you know? So, so having to dig that up for everybody was very hard. Yeah. No kidding. Right. What would you say is the easiest thing you've ever done? (laughs) The easiest thing. I don't know about that. It's funny how those are harder, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't remember the easy one. (laughs) No, you don't. And it's so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it could be even an easy decision. Maybe that's easier. Maybe it's the easiest decision you've ever made. I don't know. Well, I guess it was to knock on Kandranib's door so long ago Mm. and, uh, and decide to take that chance. And then, you know, that was it. My, my, (laughs) career was cemented yeah I, I you obviously grew up probably i know you did with the knock 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 gotta dance right yeah, yeah. good good yeah good. <laughs> so you're Absolutely. like that's how you do it right yeah. still doing it actually <laughs> i'm still doing it exactly yeah i just i just wrote a letter to a producer you must go saying, Hey, I got a show. Can I come and pitch this for you? Good for you, you. Know, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. That's amazing. What what big audacious goal or dream do you have maybe that you haven't put out in the universe yet? And maybe it's not creative. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe it is, but maybe it's even outside of that world. I'm just curious. Is there something that maybe you've thought about that? Well, you know, there's there, I, I do love to travel. So there are many places I want to go and Mm. I try to put that out there. Um, I do, you know, I think, Traveling and and being uh, a part of other cultures um, only makes you smarter and stronger and yeah. uh, 
and and it it really does inform your work. So I think traveling is a dream. Just keep going to different places, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as as creating, you know, I I I I do love the theater and the and ballet and opera and but I I think it's still more of that more of um the live arts mm. more that more so than film and mm-hmm. uh, you know television uh, you know I have some ideas for things to possibly produce film wise and television wise but as far as um directing and choreographing I I want to do that live you know yeah yeah I, I enjoyed reading your little blurb about um, working on You've Got Mail, right? And how oh, they, cut, yeah. they cut all your dance out. <laughs> I, know. I know. That was amazing. I had, you know, they ended up cutting the character. The total character was gone. and But uh, Nora Ephron gave me a wonderful disc of all the dances. And they, you know, whatever they did, a focus group, they only wanted to see Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. They didn't want to hear from another secondary character or her boyfriend. And that's what I was choreographing all, all yep. of that. So, but you know, it was a great experience, a yep. great experience, and, um, and you know, a, a definite showbiz story. You know, whereas all the the choreography I did in the movie Center Stage has become like, um, you know, they're they're even doing like a a Rocky Horror Show of that movie. Of oh, Center really? Stage. Where they have young dancers, you know, in a theater, you know, calling out the lines from Center oh, wow. Stage. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's a, a all the other spectrum of choreography on film that that's that's lasted through many generations. That that movie. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's fun. Um, what do you know will stay true about you no matter what happens? Well, you know, I I feel like I am loyal. Um, mm. you know, to people and you know. People underrate kindness, and I think kindness is a big deal in our business. And I mm-hmm. think how it's very important to be kind, and that you should skew that way, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think that's a big part of me that I would love to, <laughs> you know, teach other people because yeah. um, I think people don't think that's important sometimes. You know? Yeah, or they forget. Or they forget. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. How do you want to be remembered? Ah, uh, well, I guess it's you know, I think someone probably who loved to laugh mm-hmm. and to you know loved uh, to dance and and uh, you know loved joy and um, wanted to impart joy on others and doing that through the theater. And storytelling. So I think, you know, that's very much a part of me, Mm. trying to live in a joyous place. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you exude it, definitely. (laughs) Hey, do you, do you dance in your living room and you're like, where's your favorite place to sort of fool around and dance? Yeah. Yeah. I have a space over here that, that, you know, I work out and mostly work out, but you know, I do dance over there, (laughs) but Now I'm at an age where working out is the big deal. You got to keep working <laughs> out, you know, or you won't be able to open that pickle jar, you know. So, <laughs> so I do work out. Uh, you know, I work out the twice a week with with weights, and uh, but yeah, you know, no, I still dance, of course, especially when I'm trying to create something. And also, you know, if I have to clean, you know, if I'll put Ooh. on some wonderful music and dance and clean at the same time, <laughs> much better to dance as you clean. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. All right. Just a couple more things. I, I could speak with you all evening, but I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, oh, can you finish this phrase? Most people think Susan Stroman is, but the truth is. Oh, I can't, I can't, because uh, I don't know what people think. I don't know. That's I true. That one. So no I one think. ever gets anything wrong about you? Um. Well, I think, you know, as a woman, people get a lot of things wrong about you. You know, I think, uh, sure, you know, moving up the ladder here as a woman is people get a lot of things wrong about you, thinking that you can't do something because you're a woman. Mm -hmm. You know, I started in a very male-dominated field. Um, 
uh, it's only been, really been in like the last 15 years that all of a sudden women have appeared and it's, it's been um, a long time coming, but I think that's, I think people got a lot of wrong about me thinking as a woman, I couldn't do something. Uh, but I, I'm not alone in that. I mean, every woman went through that, you know, and I think women are criticized more than men in any field, you know, certainly politics, you yeah. know, women yeah. get criticized more. So, uh, so it is, is the plight of women that people uh, take a long time to realize that you can do anything. Yeah. You know, it's a long time. <laughs> What's What stands out to me in sort of that context that's amazing in your life is how Mel Brooks knew that you could direct right and just said no come and direct and it's interesting because he's you know he's a lot older right so he comes from a very old school thinking but he clearly does not have that thinking i mean how fortunate you were to have him to see you yeah he no and he and mel had seen some of my work before you know because he loves the musical when you think about all his movies he takes a nod to the musical theater in every movie he's ever done true uh so yeah, I mean, he was, I tell you, respectful at every move with me. Mm. It was really amazing. He's hes an extraordinary person, an extraordinary human being. Yeah, no, clearly. And and talk about, you know, people that you think about that just make you smile, right? Yeah. <laughs> just... That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, he's a force. All right. Let me, um, so we're going to do just a little, I'm going to say what makes you, and I'm going to say a word, and then you can just say whatever comes to mind. It doesn't have to be fast. We call it rapid fire, but it really doesn't need to be. So I'm going to, are you, are you game? All right. <laughs> like, All right. What makes you hungry? Oh, everything. I mean, <laughs> love to eat but what makes me hungry is the smell of breakfast like eggs and bacon and i love breakfast so that that makes me hungry mm. you're talking about food yeah um what makes you sad oh i would oh, injustice um you know watching the news in the morning um you know any any kind of injustice or or uh bullying or anything of um someone doing something wrong to somebody else that makes me very very sad yeah what inspires you art inspires me mm-hmm. you know and all all sorts of art whether it's impressionists or modern art um uh, i'm i'm very inspired by art sidebar maybe you have art on your walls somewhere else but i don't see any art on your walls well it's interesting because this is my office and i do have i do have a, a beautiful light over there by an artist named Leo Villarreal, which is beautiful. But uh, there are no, and I, I, oh, you and a Rob Wynn piece here, but uh, I don't have any show posters or anything. Uh, It's a very clear, clean space. And so when I work down here in the office and and have meetings down here, there's, uh, you know, you're not staring at some show poster and thinking, what oh, yeah. happened here? What went wrong? You know, while you're trying to create something new. So it's a very, very clean space. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Blank slate, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Um, what frustrates you? Uh, I suppose other folks not not doing their job around you. Uh, you know, some people, um, it's frustrating if I don't think they're... Um, going beyond the call of duty, really. Mm. You know, I'm in this business because I have a passion for it. And I, I kind of want everybody else to have the same passion. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. What, what makes you laugh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, everybody makes me laugh. Mel Brooks makes me laugh. Uh, Larry David, Woody Allen, you know, <laughs> Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick, you know, I, I, I you know, Brooksesh Manskas. I mean, I mean, just to have so many people around me that make me laugh. Um, and I do love to laugh. I do yeah. love to laugh. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm working on a, a new musical now called Smash, and the book writers are Rick Ellis and Bob Martin, and they are funny. And the book mm-hmm. is funny. <laughs> so right now, every time they call me, I just say hello and we start laughing because <laughs> funny. So I, I, a lot of things makes me laugh. A lot, a lot of, I'm just laughing all the time. That's, that's great. That's amazing. Um, what makes you angry? Um, 
Well, you know, uh, I think maybe if if you've trusted someone or de- or depended on someone's um, truthfulness or honesty, and and you realize that you've been duped in some way, that that makes me angry mm. and sad. You know, yeah, but um, that kind of oh disappointment in someone you know that that yeah. you thought was a friend or was a colleague or was telling you the truth about something yeah that's interesting i'm curious to know do you get do you get angry at yourself for not having seen that or are you just you know what i mean like sometimes we place a lot of faith in people yeah. um slash oh, expectations sure. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah sure you because that you didn't see it coming. Oh yeah. yeah. Then you get angry at yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you're like, what the heck? Yeah. So interesting. Um, finally, what makes you grateful? Oh, I am. I am grateful. I to say this past Thanksgiving, I was grateful for many things, but I am very grateful for my friends and my family. And I am grateful to all my collaborators and I am grateful for art and grateful for music and grateful for dance and, I, I I am grateful. I feel it every day. Mm. I I do feel it every day. It, it, it I, and I think about it a lot. I do think mm. about it a lot. I love that. And if grateful were a dance, does it does it present itself in different tempos at different times? Would you say? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, because you know, part of what I do also is when I choreograph is work with the arranger and. And, uh, you know, manipulate the time signature, mm-hmm. you know, elicit an emotion. And um, so, you know, that kind of uh, just being able to dance joy. Um, I'm very grateful for that and to elicit joy. Um, and again, you know, for uh, I was very lucky to remount Crazy Few recently in London. Mm-hmm there's a dance there called shall we dance and you know, it's just two people and they have to be very in sync. And, but at the end when they hit that button and that audience applauds, it's, it's, it's so thrilling for me. And I'm, and I'm very grateful about it, that it exists and I can make an audience that happy. Yeah. No kidding. I'm so curious. It just came to me as a, as a last minute question. When you when you came to New York, did you did you train with anyone in particular, or were you already trained and you came and you just started learning on the job in terms of you know really focusing your craft? Yes, well, you know, I trained in Delaware with James Jameson, and and but when I came to New York, I I uh, studied with uh, Luigi. I oh, was you did a cool. Gal, yeah, yeah, Luigi and uh, Henry Latang. Oh yeah. my God! Okay, that makes sense yeah. now. I know yeah. Henry. Or I knew Henry and and worked with him. And Phil Black was my guy. But yeah, but but, yeah. Also, yeah, but those were my two main. But dances. that makes sense. The Henry Latang thing especially makes sense because yeah. um, when I when I see your tapping, and I hear you talk about um, you know Dave Brubeck and being in the pocket and working with the ballet dancers and all those things. I mean, you know, I have a very I have a very strong rhythm tap background myself, and so I, w- I was so curious. I was like, where I wonder where this, where that's coming from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That makes. Do you read music? Yes. Yeah. Well, I took I took piano and guitar and all of it when I was younger. I mean, I didn't keep it up. I didn't keep it up. But you learned it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like you speak the language, which is which is fantastic. That's amazing. Very cool. What are the top three things that have happened so far today? Ah, that happened today. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I had uh, breakfast with a movie star. I can't say who, but. that's nice yeah 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 and then i had auditions for smash and we got some beautiful people for smash and then i uh and i worked with two new writers on a new project uh right before i uh, clicked on to you so it was a full day of of uh, wonderfulness and what's something that you're looking forward to both today for the rest of your day and i know it's evening for you um and then also um you know meta like in big 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 term, what are you looking forward to? Uh, you know, I think I'm looking forward to um, more of the same, really, that I, again, to say it, it's that I love what I do and I just uh, want to go forward doing it and 
and and meeting other people, meeting new people to collaborate with. And I do look forward to that. Yeah. Just seeing what unfolds, right? Yes. That's amazing. Susan, I so appreciate you spending the time with me today. It was fun. It was fun. You had great questions. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. No, listen, it's it's been a real pleasure. I've been speaking today with Susan Stroman. I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. And remember to live in the moment. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.